Jesus, you are worthy, the only one who's worthy of our praise. We praise you, Lord, bowing down before you. We worship and adore you, the ancient of days. We praise you, Lord, ruler of all, our Lord and King
before you tonight and as many can tell in this room I'm nervous but Father God there's only one that can test the heart Father God I just come and I just pray that my heart be pure and my words be right Lord Father God be with me in this time relieve my anxieties and speak Lord in Jesus name we pray Amen Alright this is the first time I've ever spoke about what the Lord's done in my life um Jack was kind of giving us a rundown on the way over here of talk about how it was, what happened, and how it is now. And if there's anyone that knows all three of those stages, it's me. I was there throughout the whole process. Uh, Let's see here. There's people in, uh, does anyone know where Polk County's from? Yeah, I could probably stop right there and that would let y'all know how I was. Um... But I'll go into a little more detail. Uh, I was raised in Polk County, born and raised. Um, At the age of 16, I lost a cousin and a good friend in a car accident. Started hanging with the wrong crowd. Um, And lo and behold, my parents, the word of God was right when it says, who you hang around is who you become. And uh, by the age of 20... I was an IV drug user. Uh, 
by the age of 23, I'd been in 10 treatment centers, in and out of jail, multiple times. And uh, there's one thing for sure I wanted to change, I just didn't know how. And uh, at the age of 24, let's see here, I've been to two treatment centers that are 18 months long. I've been, to one, I've been to multiple that are 30 days. I've been to multiple that are two weeks. Uh, and there was, I, w I would get that clean time, but I wouldn't know how to continue it. I wouldn't know, uh, I wouldn't have the desires in my heart to, to carry it out. I didn't have the power, kind of like in Romans, how he said he, he had the desire to do what's good, but he couldn't carry it out. And whenever, let's see here. That's a little bit about how I was. Uh, IV drug user. Uh, let's see here. But at the age of 24 was uh, what happened. Um, I'd been up probably seven days or longer on uh, methamphetamine. And there was nobody there, just me in a bathroom, and uh, there's not a soul in this room that can convince me that that wasn't God that night. And uh, I had a 30, even in the, the mindset I was in and the warped way of thinking that I'd, I'd become to believe was reality, I had a 30-second moment of clarity. Uh, what led up to that bathroom point was uh, Alex Gambrell, he's a staff member at Miracle Lake, I'd run into him on the street the day, uh, maybe four days before, and he had told me about Miracle Lake. And uh, that just kind of ate on me and ate on me and ate on me. And uh, four days later, I was in that bathroom, and I had that 30-second moment of clarity between me and God on my knees and uh, flushed the syringes, the drugs, flushed everything. And... Uh, and it was so real at that moment. It was pouring down rain. I was a couple miles from home. I walked uh, barefooted, shirtless, and the cops picked me up. Of course, they didn't believe my story. Um, they didn't. Have, they knew me. They knew the old me. They didn't know what had just happened in that bathroom. And uh, and at that moment, I don't blame them because I'd, I'd gave them everything. I'd gave them all the evidence to not believe me. But uh, after that moment, the weekend went by, and Alex, he'd gave me his number. And it ate on me, and it ate on me. And uh, January 16th, 2017, yeah, no, yeah, uh, I entered Miracle Lake, and... Uh, I completed the program. I graduated in March. Uh, since then, uh, I did graduate. I went to the facility that Byron Goodman has up in Madisonville, and uh, I actually got a, I got a job at Mastercraft up in Von Orr. I've held a, a full-time job since the time that I graduated. Um, it's crazy how... Yeah. And... Uh, it's just, it's, it's incredible because there's a peace and uh, it's, it's just 
miraculous because, like me and Hunter was talking about, there's people in Polk County that may never believe the change that come in my life. And there's guys in this program that may never believe how I was because all they've seen is the new me. And all the old people, they've seen how I was. And they've seen the old Chris. And, and who cares if they don't believe me? I don't. But, uh, uh, I mean, all I can do is I can tell you what the Lord's done in my life, the change he's done, and the work he's done in my life. And, uh, I mean, I've been at Mastercraft now for seven months. Uh, get to come and go as we please. Get to come hang out with these guys. Get to speak for y'all. It's a pretty good privilege. It's a, it's a good feeling. Um, it's still surreal sometimes. i got to pinch myself because I know who I was too. And uh, with that, that's all I got really. <laughs> Thank y'all. Scott uh, is one of our recent uh, enrollees there at Miracle Lake, and it's been uh, really a privilege to have him with us. And uh, and he can tell you what happened in his life. Would you share with us? Yeah, Jack, I'm with you. Uh, I'm going to pray, too. Uh, I want to thank all y'all at Miracle Deliverance Tabernacle for having me. Uh, and I want to thank you. Uh, the fellas for being here and Jack and Alex and Hunter and y'all giving me this opportunity to give my testimony. Uh, I hope God gives me the courage and strength and the obedience to do this the right way, speak through him so I can, you know, uh, I can get through it as un- with less anxiety as I can. But uh, with that said, amen. <sighs> okay. My name is Scott Richardson. Uh, I was born in Gallatin, Tennessee. I'm 35 years old. My mom is Wanda and David. Uh, I didn't really grow up in a church environment. Uh, uh, I haven't really known Jesus throughout my life because my life has been really through turmoil and struggles and drug addiction and lies. And I've been I've been a thief. I've been a manipulator. I've been in and out of prison all my life, in and out of jails. I've hurt my mama, I've hurt my daughter, I've hurt my wife. Uh, I've lost and had everything so many times. And the reason that is is because I never had the Lord in my life. And I never had somebody to help carry me through the troubled times I went through. So my Lord and God was drugs. And I put that before everything. And uh, until I came to Miracle Lake and really started focusing on God and on Jesus and on the way to get to God through Jesus and Jack's teachings, uh, I never really opened myself up to, you know, try to for, get forgiveness. We went to a church. It's in Etowah. It's called Good Springs Baptist Church. And there's a preacher there named David. And one night he was preaching and we was there and I just felt the conviction to get saved. So when the church service was over, I went up to him and talked to him about what I was concerned about and what I wanted. And he sat with me and he helped me and he saved, helped me save, get saved through Jesus. And uh, Jack was there and Alex was there and it was a real uplifting moment. You know, my heart was full and I felt good and I walked out of there just like I was walking on air. And that was on, that was on the 23rd of last month. So, you know, it hasn't been that long ago. And uh, Jack and all the fellas here and Alex, they were there 
on the seventh of this month when I was baptized, when the old me was buried and I was raised a new creation, just like y'all said. And uh, ever since, like, I've given my life over to him, my worries, my fears, my concerns, my cares of judgment through anybody else is gone. Because I'm going to walk with Jesus and I'm going to talk to people about God. I don't care who says anything about it anymore. I'm going to pray for people. I'm going to pray with people. I'm going to carry him with me. Lord, thank you. There's a peace and a love and an emotion that comes over you when you can walk in a room full of people you don't know. And tell them your story like I am right now. And there's no fear in it. I was praying back there hoping that I would have this courage. But now that I'm up here I see that it's no problem at all. And I'm glad for all y'all to be here to see this. And I see the cameras. I know it's going to be taped. So that's wonderful. I'll have it. (laughs) Uh, But uh, Miracle Lake has really saved my life. Uh, I've overdosed a couple times. And last year I actually died once because my liver gave out on me. But through the grace of God... And through Jesus and my salvation, I don't have to live like that no more. And if anybody can get what God has given to me, they can get it through. Anybody can have it. Anybody can get it. As long as you're sincere, as long as you were, you know, got the will to give it all away to him, it's beautiful. And I thank y'all for having me. There was a... Uh, uh, uh. A man and woman come into a church at one point, and, and, and they uh, had been visiting some churches around. The preacher was up preaching. And they came in this Sunday, and they, and, and they listened to the preacher preach and loved it, and came back the next week and listened to him preach and absolutely loved it, and came back the next week and listened to him preach and absolutely loved it. And this went on for a couple of three months. And finally, one day, a man and his wife come to the pastor's office and said, Pastor, said, we've been coming to your church now for about three months, and we absolutely love the ministry here. We love the work that's going on here. And they says, but we were wondering what it was that you have for the young people and what it was that you have for the elderly and what it is that you have for married couples and what it is that you have offer for the singles here at your church. And the old pastor just looked at him and said, we, 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 we offer Jesus. We offer Jesus. And he said, we found out over the years That if you don't fall in love with Jesus, if Jesus is not enough to keep you, you will not stay. If Jesus is not enough to keep you, you will not stay. So here we are in the in the book of Kings, first Kings chapter, first Kings chapter 18 is where we'll begin this little story. We're going to talk a little bit just about Elijah for just a few minutes. Elijah was a man of God, a man, a prophet of Israel. That was going about doing the work of the Lord. And he was trying his best to impact and influence Israel. To come back to God. Because they had made their way away from God. By serving different different gods. Baal and Asherah and so on and so forth. And they had went away from God. So Elijah went about his life. Trying to impact the people of Israel. To come back to God. So we, we, we find them at this point in time. In chapter 18 in 1 Kings. That Elijah has been hiding out for a little while. And God has told him to go present himself Unto Ahab. And he runs into Obadiah, Ahab's servant. And he says, Obadiah, you go and you tell uh, King Ahab that today I'm going I'm, I'm to come to him. I'm going to appear before him. And Obadiah gets scared for his life and tells uh, Elijah. He says, do you not know, Elijah, that, that, that the king has sent people looking for you all over the world? Not just in Israel. 
Not just in Judah, but all over the world. He sent people in every kingdom of the world looking for you. And he's told them that if you don't, if, if he's, if you don't tell me he's there and I find him there, I'm killing somebody. So, uh, Elijah, if I go tell the king that I found you and then all of a sudden the Lord takes you off somewhere and you disappear, King Ahab is going to kill me for that. So, Elijah says, well, I tell you what, then I give you my word that, that today I'm going to appear before Ahab. You go tell him I'm coming. So, he did. He goes to him. And Ahab comes, he comes into Ahab and he says, I want you to call all the children of Israel and all the prophets of Baal and all the prophets uh, that, 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 uh, that, that the queen has been feeding at her table. I want you to call them all over here to Mount Carmel and we're going to have us a little bit of a contest today. We're going to have us a contest. So Elijah calls all the people of God and all the false prophets to the Mount Carmel and he says, Why halt you between two decisions? Why halt you? Why are you stopped here? Why is this even a choice for you? Why are you here? Why are you halt? What halts you between two decisions? Either you're going to serve Baal or you're going to serve God. And he says, we're going to make us up a, we're going to fix us up a sacrifice here. We're going to make some altars and we're going to allow the prophets of Baal to call on their God. And then, then I'm going to call on my God and the one that answers from heaven by fire. We're going to let him be God. So just like every one of us in our life, the children of Israel and the prophets of Baal at that time have come down to a time of decision. And how many knows that in our walk of life, at one point or another, we're going to have to come to a decision and decide if we're going to worship the Lord or not. I remember in the Bible where Joshua was talking and he said, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. You're going to have to make a decision. Are you going to choose this day whom you're going to serve? You're going to have to serve somebody. Jesus tells us in another place, you're not going to serve God and mammon. You're going to have to make a decision and decide who you're going to serve. So here are the prophets of Baal and here is Israel and here they stand at Mount Carmel waiting on something to take place and everybody knows the story I'll run through it real quick they take the sacrifice and they put it up and the prophets of Baal begin to begin to call on their God and nothing happens nothing takes place nothing their God doesn't answer because he's not real of course and and Elijah begins to make fun of them a little bit and 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 after a while they begin to cut themselves which was their manner they that you know if they're talking if they're if they're crying out didn't help then they'd begin to hurt themselves they begin to do things to themselves thinking well this God must must require some blood from us or something or other so after a while Elijah gets fed up with this and he says well since you your God didn't answer it's my turn it's my turn and sometimes saints of God it comes our turn in our life when the enemy begins, begins to show himself to us and come against us with every manner of evil that he's got at his disposal it's time for God to stand up in our lives and he'll do it if we allow him to do it if we'll say okay this big old God that I serve I'm going to stand right here toe to toe eye to eye chin to chin with the enemy and I'm going to face him down because this God that I serve he'll come to my rescue if I call on him So here's Elijah standing at Mount Carmel. The Bible tells us that he takes and rebuilds the altar. How many knows in today's world we're going to have to rebuild an altar? In today's world there comes a time in our own lives when things have come through our lives and maybe distracted us from this or pulled us away from that, that we have to rebuild the altar that's in our lives and reconsecrate our lives before the Lord. Begin to call on Him again because how many knows tonight that if we don't got time for God, He ain't got much time for us. God's got a plan and God will see that plan fulfilled. Whether I get to be a part of it or not, He's going to be performing His plan. Somebody say amen. 
We, so Elijah rebuilds the altar. And when he rebuilds the altar, the Bible tells us that he sets the wood in order. you got to put things in order in your life. And he puts the stones there and he puts the wood in order. And the Bible says that he cuts the sacrifice up in pieces. And lays it out there. For the, for, for the sacrifice. And then the Bible lets us know that he takes water. And he drenches the sacrifice three times. Digs a trench around the sacrifice enough. That would hold two measures of wheat. The Bible says. And has him to fill it up. Fill it up with water. And then he begins to call on God. And the thing that he says was Lord. You show these people today that you are God. You let these people know that you are God. And how many knows that in our life sometimes we just need God to prove himself to us. Sometimes we're going through a battle. Sometimes we don't know how we're going to come across it. Sometimes we don't know how we're going to have victory. And we just need God to prove himself to us. He calls on God and he says, Lord, you show these people today, the ones that's halted between two decisions, the ones that don't know which way to go, you show them that you are God. And the Bible says that God answered with fire out of heaven. And the fire came down, licked up everything. Even burned up the stones. Even down to the dust. Eat the dust up. God said, I'm not going to leave any of it undone. I'm going to show you that I'm God today. 